Guys, welcome back to the Property Pod, your accessible and easy way into the real estate market. I'm Aaron Horn, your host. I'm joined once again by Patrick Berry and John McGregor, 414 Property Co. Real Estate Agents. Hello, everyone. Hey, boys. First go, baby. You know why? Christmas episode. Second time doing a Christmas episode. How crazy is this? It's getting real. It's getting real. <laughs> it's kind of we've, we've come full circle. We've gone through. We're award winners now. It's 2020. We've got through the darkest year of our whole life. That's correct. And like we, we went, we blitzed past the um, the death episode right through now to how many, where are we at? I think we're at like 70 almost. So yep. yeah, I think we might've just passed the magic number. I'm feeling, I'm feeling, I'm feeling good about that. I'm feeling Yeah, good. no. So, so it's Christmas time. Um, I didn't plan anything for today's episode. Well, we all know that, you know, all, me organizing guests and shows, you know, isn't always to schedule, I guess you could probably say. However, this year I've brought us a present. Oh, really? I've brought us a present. Arnie? Close enough. I mean, I do have a photo. We can present that <laughs> later in the show notes. Uh, but him, you know, him and I, it's been a while since we've reached out. So just waiting for correspondence back from his team. However, I've got someone got the even next best thing. I've got someone even better. Luke McGregor. That's it. That's it. It's been a, it's been a long time coming. It's been a long time coming, but finally we've been able to put it together. He's here with us this morning. So it's going to be this is our this is our Christmas present to wrap up the year on a high. Cool. Can I speak now? Can I uh, podcast now? <laughs> John, just, I cannot just a, little peek, just a little peek behind the curtain for everyone uh, listening. You you do just sit there. You just sit there waiting. Yeah. Um, and uh, because you're on Zoom, you're staring at everyone. And <laughs> you're like, damn, they're professional. Look yeah, at them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they must have years of media trading. <laughs> How are you, Luke? Thanks for coming in, mate. Oh, I'm happy to be here. I'm a, uh, I'm a, I've listened to every single one, so it's, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's an honour to, well, uh, to be, to be honest. Even though I was kicked off by the mayor the other, the other time, uh, yeah, that's it right. was, um, that which is fair enough, you know. Um, I'll, uh, if I want to be, if I want to be first place, I gotta, I'll try and be mayor. Um, <laughs> and, and that was a good podcast. So that was a fun one. That was a good listen, actually. I, yeah. I kind of thought, oh no, we're bumping some a Logie winner for the mayor. But, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. No, I was. I wanted to hear about. Uh, I mean, I grew up in Glenorchy, so I wanted to hear what, what was happening with it. And uh, sounds like some sounds like some good stuff. Yeah. Well, look, I've got an eighty-two page read. If you're interested, I can um, throw it your way. There was a shortened version that John could have sent me, but. I read, long, give you the full one. Hey, I read we, the full one. I read the full one. It was good read. No, we needed to be prepared. <laughs> yeah, well, send me the whole, send me all 82. Send me all of them. But add, add, check another page in there, make it 83 if you want. I'll yeah, I'll, draw, I'll do a little drawing or something for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Aaron's plans for Glenorchy. <laughs> An honest impression of Glenorchy. <laughs> <laughs> so, mate, thank you so much for coming on. We've been badgering John since probably episode three or four to say we want to talk to your brother, more than you. We yeah. like talking to you, John, but your brother's way more interesting. Well, I needed to get myself established in the show first. <laughs> <laughs> I think even your mum stole the thunder yeah, that time, she didn't did, she? Did, yeah. When we turned her into a Bond lady. That's it. That's exactly right. <laughs> um, well, yeah, it was. Uh, and then John asked me after I asked him uh, yeah. to send you an email. <laughs> said, am, I, am, I, am I going on this thing or what? Yeah. <laughs> Um, so it's great. It's good. I'm glad we got organised. <laughs> no, it's really cool. I was trying to reach out to John to say, like, what are we what are we covering? And he kind of said, well, there's a wealth of knowledge behind my brother, so we can do anything today. We can talk, like, economics. We can talk Rosehaven. We can even talk Ghostbusters. Um, yeah, North, North Korea, whatever, 
what, yeah. what, what if we want? <laughs> well, we'll just <laughs> we'll just spin a wheel. We'll find out what comes up, and yeah. we'll just say. Oh, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> just, just grab a, uh, what do you call it, the uh, Trivial Pursuit questions. In this <laughs> we'll fill up the pie every time we get it right. I yeah. listened to that one that you guys did with um, you and Celia doing the trivia, the pub trivia podcast. Oh, yeah, was. That, was a, that was a disaster. That was a battle. <laughs> <laughs> that was a, we should have cheated. That was very embarrassing. Yeah. Well, one, of the, one of the things we always get, I've had, Luke, a lot of the time when I'm at open homes is rather than getting introduced as, uh, as John, it's you, they'll just usually stare at me for a couple of seconds and go, are you Luke's brother? Oh, you're Luke's brother. But, which is, uh, is kind of cool. And one of the things where we... Man, you know, I, I, I get the same with the property pod, though, so... Yeah. <laughs> Which is pretty impressive since, you know, we don't have very many videos out there of the podcast. Yeah, exactly. exactly. It's exactly. just that the voice. You, you, they just you, there's an air of mystery. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the other thing, I mean, the Rosehaven does come up a lot. And one thing that we thought that I was interested to know is what the balance has been like when you and Seals have been writing Rosehaven, trying to ground it in actually real estate reality at the same time as writing a fictional story as well. Uh, the hardest part was, I mean, I've rung you a lot of times just to say, mate, what would happen if this happened? Or if mm. a tenant decided just not to pay rent or if a rent got lost, etc. And you were very helpful, but mum would always say, oh, well, that wouldn't happen. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, oh, I know that wouldn't happen. Yeah, yeah. I'm asking what would happen if it did. And yeah, yeah. she said, oh, we've got, we've got procedures in place to stop that happening. Because I, I, I remember ringing and I said, what, what would happen if you guys, um, someone came in with a large amount of cash for mm. rent, like they paid a lot of rent in advance and then you lost it. What would happen? And then she said, oh, that wouldn't. I'm like, I oh, know, but what if it did? And she said, well, we've got these, we've, like she, it was like I was asking, it's like I was trying to trap her in a gotcha for her business. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, no, no, I'm just, I'm just asking, I'm trying to write a show here, mum. It's fun. And uh, mum would always sort of explain all the procedures in place that would stop what I'm trying to make happen in the show happen. And well, that, that would have sounded like a very interesting episode. Get out the big uh, manual and you're yeah, sitting yeah, there going yeah. through page yeah. by page. No, that won't happen. So <laughs> instead of an episode of us trying to get rent money back, it's just an episode where we just go, well, those procedures worked really well and then we'll have to. 29 minutes and nothing. <laughs> um, uh, which is why I never employed mum as a writer. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, in mum's perfect world, I guess, it would be an episode where someone brings in cash, it gets deposited, you know, quickly, good customer service, and then at the end it says sponsored by 414. Yeah. <laughs> Our, um, ABC advertising uh, prevents that, so. See, I was thinking that you could do a episode in the next season where um, Danny decides, or sorry, Daniel decides to... Um, Make a podcast studio in his real estate office to rival um, Bruce's radio show. Mate, it's actually, it's actually not a bad idea. <laughs> um, but we've already written the episodes now. Oh, so damn it. Um, uh, but that, that, yeah, that actually would have been a good effort. <laughs> just, just to really we'll stick it to and, Bruce one more time. So consider eight. <laughs> No, I think one of the one of the amazing things about the show is how grounded in reality it is. But yeah, you've got that kind of um, slight twist, so you can kind of follow it along. I think I've heard Celia say before that um, you don't have to watch every episode to get it, but if you do, you're kind of rewarded for knowing the relationship that, say, Bruce and Daniel have is so deep seated from this years and years of knowing one another, but um, at the end of the day, you could just pick it up and be like, oh yeah, that guy doesn't like that guy. But they're still just living in a small town, trying to make it all work. Yeah, I um, and I think my dad's proof of that. I'm not sure if he's seen every episode, so <laughs> he, uh, he just sort of jumps in and out. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, we try. Honestly, we tried to make it something. We tried to make it a show like that where people could just, you know, if you wanted to watch the last episode of the last season, you could yep. start there, and then hopefully that episode's good enough that you brings you back and when you watch the other ones. But um, yeah, it's not like Game of Thrones, you know. If no, no one dies, spoiler, and so um, <laughs> there's no red wedding sort of at McCallum Real Estate. <laughs> yeah, the last the last episode of the last season will do some sort of red wedding esque <laughs> tribute. You heard it here first, okay. guys. <laughs> Rosehaven finale. <laughs> It's going to be a bloodbath. An absolute bloodbath. Um, like a rival real estate agency comes in and just starts killing everyone. <laughs> well, that was set up at the end of the last season, so yeah, yeah. Um, But, yeah, so far um, I think Seals and I, because we've made such a wholesome show or a gentle show that will probably our next show that we write will probably be some horrendous serial killing bloodbath just to sort of get it out of our systems because <laughs> With all the storylines we can't tell on Rosehaven. Well, you know it's a wholesome show and even our Nana comments to, fa- to that fact as well. Also, oh, Nana watches, yeah, because, but yeah, Dad doesn't. Because she did not like my sex documentary. No. So, <laughs> <laughs> Had to redeem yourself somehow. Yeah, Rosehaven, she likes that. So speaking of kind of full circle, did you ever contemplate jumping into real estate or following in the family tradition? I know you went off and did economics, etc. Yeah, a little. It always sort of was there in the back of my mind. Is that something I want to do? Um, just because, I mean, one, it was, it was. I know when, you, when I didn't know what I wanted to do, to have sort of like a pre-written career path where I could just sort of go with my parents and. It did a couple of times. I did think about it. The, the, the reason I didn't is just because I'm not very good at sales. I don't. Um, I didn't really want to go into property management just because you know often mum would come home and tell a horror story about it, and I. Um, the idea of sales appealed to me, but I didn't. I just don't. I'm not very good at selling something. Um, it's like a. It's a skill I don't have. And John, um, I think John does. I, 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 the idea. The idea of sort of having to um, sell a house just. Yeah, I just it did it didn't feel like it tapped in any of my skills, so yeah. I um mm. I just went elsewhere. Um, but I, I don't know, I I do think about it sometimes that maybe if I hadn't gone to comedy, that I would have gone down that road and just learned how to sell a house because I'm I'm sure it's a I'm sure it's not a skill you're born with. So, <laughs> well, I know I had a dream. Um, it must have been a few months ago. I think that all of us were uh, were working in a in a like a, a real estate office somewhere else, which was really surreal. Like there was about you know 30, 40 staff, and then I saw you walking past Luke, and then Scott was there, and then there was it was just it was it was a surreal dream. I woke up going, "Oh, that was." I'm really glad that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, well, if I mean, if if we if we get another global pandemic and the arts industry shuts down again, I'll probably if Tassie manages. To to um, keep pandemic free, I'll probably will fly down there and join real estate. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's an interesting uh, little twist. I know you were learning guitar over the little period or the ukulele. How's that coming along? Um, oh, you can grab it if you like. I'd love that. Um, God, I, what have I got? Um... <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, baby. First, first musical yeah, guest. Yeah, yeah, it's right. yeah, <laughs> a work in progress. <laughs> um, no, but so as the pandemic kind of kicked into gear, obviously, yeah, art shut down. I imagine that was a good time to kind of uh, write that last season. Of... A good time to write. <laughs> yeah, um, to, choice. Yeah, to get was... to get the final season kind of in the in the can, kind of written wise. It was weird. It was that. It was actually the least productive. I think I've felt 
um, was during that pandemic period where we were locked down in Victoria, just because I don't know, nothing felt as important as the pandemic at that point. It was hard to it was hard to get motivated. I, I I started trying to learn Japanese. I started to you know want to write a movie, write stand up. I thought this is great. I'll get a whole bunch of writing done, and I, I barely did anything. It was it was sort of enough to just try and keep the sort of mental health up. Yeah, like that was mm. that was kind. Of, it was always a sort of low level of mental, emotional exhaustion because you were sort of dealing with this thing, and um, and then I would just try to use the remaining energy I had. And you know, I, I was lucky; I didn't have it as bad as a lot of my friends had it. I, I Sills and I, you know, we had an income because we were riding Rosehaven, but um, yeah, it was hard to. Um, it was I, I had less energy or less mental energy than I thought I would. I ended up just sort of riding Rosehaven and then just using the rest of it to try and stay sort of positive and um yeah i guess it was unheralded times and not knowing kind of what's on the other side of it it's hard to kind of keep this um rosy pair of glasses on and think no oh, not knowing what was on the other side of it was the big one i think yeah, yeah. there was part of us that thought maybe we won't get to film this for another three or four years you know and, mm. and then i started thinking about okay well if that happens what do i do with myself what do i do for money it was it was a weird period it was yeah. a strange like unknown I just played a lot of video games, um, <laughs> like a lot. Um, so maybe if I t- translated some of that into writing, I'd be fluent in Japanese by now. But <laughs> well, that g- decided to try and uh, beat Zelda instead. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah! Well, I guess that's sort of one thing that none of us could have prepared for. Look, like where you said, there's that that overarching sense of, I suppose, almost a doom. I don't know if that's the right word for it, but that constantly taking the mental capacity. I mean, luckily down here, we're able to retreat back outside rather quickly. Um, and even in our career, because we're, you know, real estate was give, seen as an essential service. Um, after a time, like we could start to, re, you know, go back to some sense of normality. But I guess in Victoria, you were stuck in the room for for months. Yeah, it was interesting you talk about property because uh, I just bought a house pre-COVID hitting. Mm. And um, then this sort of became this doom and gloom of, oh, God, am I going to have to sell it? And am I going to, like, is it going to sell for way under what I bought it? And then... Yeah, the property market, I, I'm sure, I don't know what it was like in Tassie, but it didn't really have that much of an effect. Um, house prices didn't move that much, um, at least not that I'm aware. Uh, it was, um, but, the, but, but a lot of things did sort of slow down. It was almost like it was a holding pattern kind of, like everyone just assumed that, you know, economically everything would go. And it's, I, I think it's been the same with the share market. You know, it, it's, been, it's been an economic hit, but... Unlike the financial crisis, it wasn't like a failure of the financial system. It was a, it was just like a pause. Mm. You know, everyone's like, all right, well, as soon as this virus goes away, everything will be back to normal again. It's, it was an unusual situation because um, nothing economically changed. It was just that all of a sudden we couldn't buy and sell like we normally would. Mm. So we all were just sort of waiting. Yeah, it was strange. Uh, you know, even though it was economically devastating for so many of us. Because um, at the time, because you actually been purchasing that property too you you um in your case you used a buyer's agent didn't you i did yeah um yeah which was great uh, i don't like looking for houses and i'm scared mm. to know what to buy and the buyer's agent was helped i think if you can get a good one it can sort of take a lot of the a lot of the worry out of it. it it'll you know it'll cost you it's what is it two one and a half percent two percent of the purchase price or mm. more but um but yeah, it meant that for you know a year or so, I just didn't have to look. I just he would just send me houses that he liked and that he thought would um, earn money uh, later, and um, we just kept looking until I found. Yeah, he just kept looking until he found one I liked, and you only have to pay if they if you end up buying one that they suggest. 
Yeah. So yeah, I I definitely so, use them again. So you strung them along for over a year, were you saying then? Just really making it work yeah. for that two percent. <laughs> Just waited until I thought I got my money's worth. Okay, no. Yeah, um, I like the first one, but now you've really worked for it. I'll take this one. Oh yeah, no, the first one was a dream home. <laughs> Taking it. <laughs> but that I mean that goes to show though, like um, how hard that. Um, well, if you were to spend a whole year going to open homes and doing all the research yourself, how much time they would have taken outside of doing other stuff that you know. Is, Fundamentally more dollar productive and and better in your creative sense too, I suppose. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. I, a couple, I rang him a couple of times. And just said, "Mate, should I should I pay you something?" Because he's been looking. You know, it'd been like six months, and I hadn't done any. He still hasn't paid him anything. And I just felt like, and he's like, "Oh no, no, it's it's fine." You know, it's it, it's quite, you know, it's their incentive to keep looking is to get the, the, the payday, budget. I suppose. But yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, so it's kind it's kind of cool in a way, and that it's it's sort of set up to benefit. The person, like obviously, it benefits them to sell you a house, but you know, you you don't have to say yes to anything that they put forward. So mm. you never really feel like you're getting ripped off because you have to say yes to the property you buy. So yeah, you're still in control. I, I guess I guess they could I guess they could know that a sewage plant is being built next to your dream home the next day and keep it secret from you. But um, <laughs> there's um, I think there's stuff in the contract set up that that can't happen. So it's uh, yeah, I, I had a really good experience with it anyway. So how many of the block houses did he show you there in Victoria? Oh, how many are there? <laughs> you, they, they always Hughes, build. One, yeah. well, that's what I'm wondering. Always, how many people own the, these these houses on the block? Because <laughs> I know Husey owns one block, <laughs> but do they always they always build a block, right? They always build a set of units. Is that right? I think they try and change it up each year. Like this last year, it was um they had to go through the eras. There was like a 1920s home, a 1930s home. And I was like, man, you're getting stitched if you're getting like a really crappy era. It's getting worse. Yeah, yeah <laughs> like the one has to have the Stestos and things like that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, that was, the, that was the building material of the time. Uh, yeah, it's um, – I, I always worry the blockhouses are like pimp my ride where they you yes. know, they put a popcorn machine in your um, in your car and then later on you're going, oh, actually, a popcorn machine in my car is a huge safety hazard. We have to fix this. So I, I, I do worry with the block it's the same where they have to get in a proper builder later on and sort of fix all the mistakes. I always think that too. I'm like, there must be stuff that's stuck together with sticky tape just to look good for the I TV. I don't know. I oh, oh yeah, you spin the camera around it. it yeah, it, and it's, it's absolutely. But you absolutely. watch the whole show with all the mistakes that get made, you know, so it's like why would you be so excited about well, buying it? That happens in real life, right? People people sort of renovate to sell, so they sort of make it look nice even though it's not necessarily the best building material. So you can imagine the shortcuts they're making on the block to try and get something ready for TV. Oh, absolutely. You know, we're, we're with all the other things that come with making a TV show and how behind time you can get. And, yeah, I, I, you're a brave person to buy Blockhouse, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'd, I'd happily say that to Husey's face. Like, <laughs> well, <laughs> funny you say that. Aaron can actually be Husey for you if you like. Hey. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You've got a problem. <laughs> <laughs> I bought a blockhouse and Luke doesn't like it. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's like he's there. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's like I'm hanging with him right now. Hey, mate. <laughs> well, wait, 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 I just I know it was, it was funny a couple of times Luke, he corrected us, or corrected me specifically when I was trying to throw out some um, economic terms when we've probably, uh, uh. <laughs> uh, what, would you, what would you say, uh, we've, we've got a little bit deeper than our knowledge really stretched us, I guess? But what was that? Um, it's, it's hard, you know. It's, uh, you're not, the thing about economics is you're never, really, you're never really wrong. I mean, negative gearing was a great one that sort of negative gearing, you know, when uh, Labor wanted to sort of um, 
pull that back. That led to a lot of articles on, uh, oh, my God, the property prices are going to drop through the floor and blah, 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 blah. And, mm. you know, the, the problem with economics is that no one's really wrong. Like no economist would say to you, you know, if you got rid of negative gearing, they, could, they couldn't say to you in the same way, you know, a doctor wouldn't say to you, I think this is benign, but it could be cancer. And you can't make the doctor say it's definitely not this. Mm. It's definitely not this worst thing in the world. It's just very unlikely that this will happen. It's kind of the same with economics. Like if you negative gearing is a great example because negative gearing is um, ultimately that's that's a that's a that's a uh, that's something in place that helps investors. Mm. Um, and anything that helps investors by definition makes it harder for someone who wants to buy a home to live in to buy it. You know, in the same way that if a grant helps, a, like first-time buyers makes property buying. It, it what it, it, it's that thing of it neither makes something easier for someone they it just increases their purchasing power mm. so if you have a first home buyer's grant or you have a negative gearing and that just increases the amount of um that increases their purchasing power so for a property it doesn't it doesn't make purchasing property easier it just makes it means they have a higher purchasing power now and what's that do that increases the price of property mm. Um, so if you want to deal with housing affordability um, and if, if, if as a nation you say, okay, the main thing we want to have set up is that anyone who, buy, anyone who wants to buy a house to live in should have the easiest time. Um, and you can do that two ways. You can either um, you know, prop up a, f- a first-home buyer or a home buyer by giving them grants, by um, removing taxes for them, um, and as a government, that reduces your revenue stream because you're either reducing a tax or you're um, giving away money. Um, and it's, you know, it's arguable whether that has an impact on the government because the government, you know, as you know, we have a sovereign currency, we can print money. So, you know, but, but again, you're sort of you're artificially inflating the property market by giving someone a grant um, as opposed to removing a tax um, or mm. removing an incentive because the a negative someone who negatively gears is is essentially being subsidised by the government, and that the government is not asking them for tax they would otherwise pay. Yeah. Um. So at some point, a government has to come in and say, "All right, well, look, the the property market's high right now. It's difficult for people who want to buy a home to live in it to buy. In order to help them, we're going to remove um a tax that helps investors." Um, alone and make it slight and, and hopefully so investors can still buy property they just have um, but their purchasing power is slightly reduced because of this tax wow you're way off john <laughs> <laughs> well exactly um, well, well, so it's 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 just it's not a, and there's no right or wrong answer it's just like as a as a country what do you who do you want to you know what 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 position do you want to take well, see and that, then it's up to us as a nation to sort of decide where we want to go with that well i hadn't thought of that way and a couple of things that come to mind is that where I think you, where Luke, you said all of a sudden prices are going to drop, all of a sudden it shifts from a normal discussion to you know, almost ideological. So it's that they're going, well, now like you're going to do, like it's going to be doomsday and everyone's going to lose all their money and no one's going to have um, properties to rent and it's all going to be, it's just going to be catastrophic. But I mean, yeah. obviously it's just, that's just not the case. Um, secondly, um, where you said we have to make a decision on who we're going to support to make it easiest for to purchase. Well, obviously then if we've got, in, you know, in tax incentives for people buying investments, then all of a sudden we're trying to evenly match with incentives for first home buyers. Isn't that in some reasons just completely just countering each other out? Like wouldn't it, it be then if it, you're going to – and it basically, Exactly. So it's sort of by throwing in all these incentives, you're forcing or enabling people to buy 
earlier than they probably naturally would in their cycle. And I think that's where you talked about um, when I was watching those weekly videos where a negatively geared property for an investor, maybe they'd need another five years to build in their capital that they could then naturally purchase an investment property within their means. However, the negative gearing capacity enables them to overstretch themselves where they otherwise wouldn't have. And it's Yeah, it's less that they'd have to wait to buy a property. It's just that they'd have to buy a property that um, uh, takes into account the fact that they, they won't be able to negative gear it anymore. Mm. So they're, they're, it just means they buy a less expensive investment property. Yep. So if you if you allow people to negatively gear, all of a sudden they can buy a house that costs this much. And if you take away negative gearing, now they can afford to buy a house that costs this much. Mm. So they, they they still might enter into the market. They just they just their purchasing power is slightly decreased because of negative gearing. So um, you know, then in turn that makes it easier for um, people who want to buy the house to live in it. Mm. Um, to, to, to buy it. But, uh, you know, again, a lot of the market's driven by, you know, overseas investment as well. So it's, um, if I was going to predict what would happen to property prices if we get rid of negative gearing, um, I would say they, might, I don't think they'd be affected by it that much, depending on how we, because if we could phase it out, um, you know, we could very do, do it very gradually. But I think because the demand for housing is the same, mm. that um, you would see house prices pretty much stay the same and you you probably still see them grow um depending on what happens to the population of australia um but you, they just might grow at a slightly slower rate um but again that's depending on demand if you if if, if the um if there continues to be a shortage of housing um uh, or population continues to grow then you just see prices rise still you would just see the but basically yeah like you were saying before john it, it just basically it just basically means that the property market right now because we have certain incentives in place for investors and buyers, it's just artificially inflated right now than what it would be. Um, and because it's very unpopular for a government to remove assistance either to investors or to first-time buyers, um, you know, it's unlikely that you'll see um, them leave anytime soon. Yeah, see, that that's a that's an interesting point there, is it? Well, um, it, it, the, I mean, I'm guessing the best way to have a level playing field is that no one gets any incentives. But now they're all in place, trying to roll those back is just going to be an almost impossibility from, yeah. from both directions. Because what what I mean, you bring in something like negative gearing, you'd bring in, and you know, when you want people to sort of, um, you know, the the only reason to sort of introduce that would be to, uh, you know, you want people to build more houses, essentially, mm. um, which is you know one of the arguments that you could remove negative gearing, but not for new builds, because ultimately, as a government, you want everyone to be able to um, buy a house if they want and to have enough housing for people. You want people to have roofs over their heads, so you want to kind of in, you want to incentive. So you kind of want to have people who want to buy a house to live in it, and people who want to build new houses to be the ones who have the either the most advantage or the most incentive to do so. And people who just want to buy a house to hold it to to rent it out, um, you know, they're, they're buying an existing house. You kind of want them to have the least um, amount of incentive to do that because that 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 reduces the amount of houses available to purchase um, to live in. Uh, uh, so it's um, but but you know it's it's difficult and and you've, there's a lot of um, very powerful organisations who benefit from negative gearing and who don't want to see. Um, I mean, I mean, if you just look at the real estate as a real estate agent, you're incentivized to go against any policy that gets rid of negative gearing because that means your commission goes down. Um, you know, not and I'm not, I'm not saying it would because I don't think the property market would shift that much. But but again, you've got an incentive to sort of make a, a an ideological argument against mm. an economic point um, 
and it just makes it really, and then this is just a problem with politics, you know, it just makes it really hard to sort of do anything because everyone sort of gets on a, a high horse about what, <laughs> well, you know. That's, that's why I think you couldn't have chosen a more, uh, two, two subjects to, to master in Luke when uh, economics and politics, if you're going to do like a wrap your head around that for a second. You know? <laughs> it's, it's just, it's, it's tricky because, you know, I mean, I, I had an argument with mum and dad about negative viewing, you know, which is ridiculous. <laughs> they're, they're, not, they're, they're, they're not arguing. They're, they're my parents them, yeah. and they're, and I'm like, what? I'm like, how did this economic point become an argument? Yeah, um, yeah. But that's just what happens, you know. As soon as uh, I'm sure there's people listening to this podcast right now, hearing negative gearing and getting, um, you know, the defences up against it. Like it's a, it's a, it's a tricky one. It's a, they, they, that's why I learned economics is because I didn't want to talk about this stuff emotionally. I just wanted to look at it from an economic perspective. Yeah, um, yeah. And I, that's why I love economics is because you just talk about things from a, uh, you know, almost a mathematical point of view or a very dry point of view. Um, and you're just like, all right, well, what's, what, what, what's, what, what, what's, what fundamentally happens to supply and demand in this in, and, 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 uh, demand elasticity and, um, you know, um, you know, purchase a utility at certain prices like it's just like which is basically a, a very big way a very um fancy way of saying um you know what happens to people um who want to buy or sell you know it's um and what 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 sort of motivates them well that um, i, I know and, subject. i know obviously our family is not the only one where the, the the conversations become really uninteresting really quickly because everyone just gets into their little ideological box and then there's the the, mat, the shouting matches start you're not really talking about anything anymore you're just shouting at each other geez christmas must be fun at your place that's ah, great. Yeah, <laughs> wait, wait, wait till the tequila shots come out. <laughs> it, it's 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 common though, right? Like if you see oh, it on yeah. Twitter or you see, I mean, even even politicians in question time yelling at each other. There's not like I mean, another example is you know climate change. You know, mm. no one really trusts a. Uh, you know, ideally, you'd have a situation where you know you'd send off the scientists, and they'd say, "Okay, is climate change caused by us or not?" And they go, "It's caused by us." And you go, "Okay, great." So, and then you'd argue about what are you going to do about it. But in, but instead, we argue about whether it's real or not. And then you so then you know you sort of never get anywhere. Well, I mean, um, and it's 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 tricky. And then you know that's that's just it's just a problem with the political cycle, I suppose. Is that you know, ideally, we'd trust the same institution, and then we'd argue over whether or not what how to solve the issue. But it, instead, we actually argue over whether something's a problem or not, um, and that's 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 difficult. So it's, and negative gearing is a classic example of that, is because, you know, you've got this issue where it's hard for people to buy a house to live in it. It's very expensive, and it's more expensive than it was in the past. And wages have not grown at this at a at a at a high enough rate to counter to that. Mm. So as so you've got a problem in politics where you're like, okay, so we need to make it easier for people to buy a house to live in. But any any measure that you try and do to help that, which is why you keep seeing more and more grants because you don't want to um, upset investors who are also voters. Yeah, um, yeah. So you just keep, but the problem with grants is you just keep inflating the property market more and more. Um, so it's um, it's tricky. At some point, someone has to say, all right, we have to remove some of these incentives. We have to take away some of this government support because as, as much as people who negatively gear want to think of themselves as savvy, and I negatively gear, I, mm. I'm someone who negatively gears, um, but that means that I am a government-subsidised investor, mm. um, you know, so I, uh, and, uh, you know, if, if the government decides to take away that subsidy, um uh, but, but to be honest, I don't think they would. I think if negative gearing came into effect, anyone who is already negative gearing would still continue to um, and they'd just introduce such a new build, which would have 
almost no impact on the property market. Anyway, sorry, I'll still talk about negative gearing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. I think now, I, I'm always wary of how, how long I've been speaking without a joke in there. So <laughs> I will, um, well, it's, it, I think we found. And also, I've been, it's been very, very one sided. If you guys want to counter with anything I've said about negative gearing, feel, please feel free to. I don't think we're clever enough to. No, I think, I think the whole point is to actually get someone who knows what they're talking about for once. <laughs> it's, it's, I, I really like economics because hopefully it takes away some of the emotive stuff and you just sort mm. of look at the fundamentals which is what i like i think um, we found that second um that follow-up series for you and seals is maybe like a american psycho or dexter style um show where you move to canberra and start picking off um all these politicians i found i think you found your um <laughs> your, your, your dark follow-up yeah. show <laughs> oh man yeah I'd, I'd love to um i'd love to interview some politicians for the weekly but um it, it's, charlie it's, won't let um, you <laughs> Yeah, it's just it's 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 just tricky. Just cause, I mean, politicians are it's it's a hard job, you know. They've got mm. I'm, I'm sure there's so many of them that want to do well, but um, you know they want to make things better for people living in Australia. But it's I don't know, it's it's tricky. It's a, it's tough. But again, it's a tough but again, to too, like discussion around. It's hard to have a you know a real conversation versus just having a someone at talking points, especially if they're trying to or supposed to be representing a point of view. You're not really just getting having a real conversation where you can be wrong or flesh out ideas. It ends up being you're interviewing an idea rather than actual what the person may really, really believe or think yeah, I should say. Yeah, and it's it's hard. Like I mean there are things that there are things that, you know, if someone says um the earth is flat which all of a sudden, all my I'll, I'll start spitting and going, What? <laughs> um it's very hard for me to have a reasonable discussion about whether the earth is flat or not. Um yeah. Because I believe so strongly that it's not flat. Um, <laughs> it's funny that's come up um, the last and, two days yeah, in the yeah, office yeah. here. Flat Earth is—it's yeah, yeah. it's like something's in the air. It's like oh. I just like to think yeah. that we're floating in on something on the back of a turtle, like the turtle in the yeah. never-ending story on the big flat plane. And well, that, no, that, it's a—it's a—it's a turtle supported by four elephants. Four elephants. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's it. On a flat yeah. disc, right? Yeah, disc, yeah, disc world. Um, disc world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's still the best. Yeah. And, and to be honest, the flat Earth debate's a funny one because it doesn't actually affect my life. I'm just mm. like, well, if, it, if even if it was flat, which I don't think it is, my day-to-day existence is the same. Yeah, yeah. I, it doesn't change what I do in stand-up. Yeah. It doesn't. I, I still catch <laughs> a plane. It? Like, it's just, I'm just like, I don't know why people get so up on this. You know, it's it's not like one changes. day it's just going to change. Like, yes, it is flat. Oh no, gravity's disappeared now that we've decided. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, you're, what, what is that? You know, you're still going to walk to the shop yeah. um, in the same way. I don't see why you're why you're getting up on your high horse about this. Um, <laughs> you know, just wait until you can afford to go into space, and then you can look see for yourself yeah. um, if you don't believe what's on the internet. Um, well, I'm sure Musk and uh, Virgin and all that kind of stuff they'll take care of that for us. They'll make it economic enough for. for oh, I, I can't wait until space travel's a thing, and you put yeah. a bunch of is in a rocket ship and just sort of send them up oh, until yeah, they can see the earth yeah, like, and, just, oh, and just to watch their brain melt and go, okay, this must be a computer screen. Yeah. And then go, all right, we'll stick your head out the window and have a look. <laughs> like it's um, it's a yeah, it's a it's a weird one. It's one that you could disprove quite quickly, but you'd have to spend a lot of money to, to um, disprove it. To I just love on some um, of their no, documentaries, they'll disprove themselves and oh, then they'll just go, oh, yeah, no, nah, it's a little nah, bit yeah. like, yeah, Don't right, worry. What was that? Yeah, yeah. We spent yeah, $30,000 on this device and, yeah. oh, oh, shit, I don't know. That was not meant to happen. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, and it's, it's a great example of how the human brain refuses to shift. Yeah, the confirmation beliefs. bias of yeah. kind of like. Confirmation bias. And, you know, we've all got them. Uh, um, you know, I, I've, I've got, um, you know, I mean, I've, I've got mine about, 
Mm. The earth is flat. You know, even though, I've, you know, I, I could say I've got the weight of science behind me, I still don't know because I've never seen it. Um, so is that confirmation bias? I don't know. But it's, uh, yeah, but it's, 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 it's annoying. And it's why, you know, so many families had arguments at Christmas about politics, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, being our Christmas episode, I think we might wrap it up there. It has been an absolute hoot having you on, Luke. Thank you, oh, John, for... Sorry well, for the uh, lack of jokes in the second half. <laughs> 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 the so, but, thanks, but thanks for also letting me rant a bit economics. Got no, man, it was really yeah, cool yeah, to fun. hear you kind of go... Uh, it got me thinking, like, there's got to be something in there where you can kind of delve into the... Like, well, your economics was amazing as well. Got yeah. Got me looking into stuff that I have no interest in. Um, so the only time I've made an economics joke was when I worked in superannuation for a while, and I was giving a graph of uh, returns during the financial crisis, and uh, the graph was basically obviously pointed down. <laughs> and I said, I turned it upside down. I said, if you turn it upside down, we've actually had really good returns. Um, <laughs> but what I what I didn't realize is if you turn a graph upside down, it's just pointing downwards the opposite way. So you have to actually invert it <laughs> um, and then turn it upside down. Anyway, by that stage, the joke was ruined. And I never tried to make an economics joke in a meeting again. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent, bud. Well, for the, the section in the middle that lacks jokes, you've just made up for it with your crappy one at the end. <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh, when, when, are we, when are we seeing Dad on the Property Pod, John, after you just listen to an app? What's the plan? Huh? Well, I think um, we'll have to be in the new year, I suppose, now. Perhaps that could be first episode of 2021. Yeah, yeah. So, Dad, yeah. so Dad's got two sons on this episode, so if he's going to listen to one, it should be this one because then he can sort of tick off both of us at once. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and send one text message. All he needs to do is have it running in the background yeah. or something. Too. So, Dad, even if, you li- if you're listening to this, you've got a what you've got two, you've got homework. One, you've got to send John an em- a message saying that I liked listening to Property Pod, yeah. um, and then you've got to send me a message saying an episode of Rose Happen you liked, and then <laughs> then you've got to come on the pod. That's yeah. that's your that's your homework. And, and if you want, just just you know, excellent commentary on negative gearing. <laughs> really, yeah, I, think, I think this is a much healthier yeah. way to deal with our father issue. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Is exactly. to do it publicly rather than <laughs> yeah. actually talk to him in person. I agree, hundred percent agree. <laughs> excellent well luke thank you so much good luck uh in 2021 hopefully it won't take three years for rosehaven to be filmed um and we'll get to see that it will be the final season i think that's is that we don't know we We don't don't know know. um we're yeah not sure well you know there's (laughs) try to get the exclusive might might lead to more stories um well i look forward to that podcast episode being in there and i should also say hi to uh is it Patrick's nan? No, uh, my, nan. Nan. my nan. Your nan. Yeah, she would love that. Um, hello, nan. Uh, thanks, for, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for tuning in. Thank you very much. She'll love that. That'll uh, that'll make her Christmas. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, everyone, well, guys. I really appreciate it. No, yeah. thanks. <laughs> you, you, you guys are great, though. You guys do do a good job of, um, you know, Talking about <laughs> and, and, Aaron, you're you're in photography, right? Yes. Uh, yeah, I don't yeah. do any selling. So it's 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 a it's a really good podcast in that you've always sort of got Aaron there setting up, um, being the layperson while you guys talk a bit more in depth about um, uh, property. And mm. the, the 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 episode with the mayor was brilliant. Um, yeah, Chris. Uh, and you, yeah, it's a it's a really it's a really good podcast, guys. It's really, I, I I listen to it. Um, even even though I'm doing it partly to support John, now I'm just you know I only have to listen to one to support John. Yeah, yeah, it's done. Then. Yes, yeah, exactly. But, um, but I listen to all of them. No, we appreciate that, man. It's um, it's fun to do. It's, it's yeah. It shouldn't be as fun to do as it is, but <laughs> yeah, it's fun it to is. do. Yeah. Right, well, let's finish with with song. Um, <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, all right, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to bed. Huh? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for coming on. Yeah, mate. thanks so much, mate.
No worries, guys. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks. Catch you later on. See, See you, mate. See you later. Bye. From all the team at 414 Property Co., we would like to wish you all a Merry Christmas and the happiest of New Year's. If you're looking to buy or sell in 2021, or just want some property advice, we would love to help out. Reach out to your friendly team at 414 Property Co. All types of properties for all types of people. You have been listening to The Property Pod, recorded and edited by 414 Media House in conjunction with 414 Property Co. This podcast is general information only and the thoughts and views expressed is the opinion of our panel and listeners should always seek then use their own investigation into any topic we discuss to ensure they fully understand their own situation. It does not constitute and should not be relied on as purchasing, selling, financial or investment advice or recommendations expressed or implied and it should not be used as an invitation to take up any agent or investment services. No investment decision or activity should be undertaken on the basis of this information without first seeking qualified and professional advice.